G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. And welcome to the Friday Form Panel. No Jason Bonington today, but my name is Nikita Ross and it's great to have you with us as we work through the Shepparton card for tomorrow night. Cup night, of course, another big weekend of harness racing and country cups in particular with Shepparton on Saturday night and then Hamilton on Sunday. So the country cup circuit just keeps on rolling on. And before we get started, I would like to to wish uh, Tracy, Mrs. Big Fella, a happy birthday, uh, a great friend of the show. So uh, we hope you have a fantastic day, Tracy, and um, I'm sure Mr. B- Mr. Big Fella will uh, will look after you well. Joining me to work our way through the nine race program at Shepparton, Craig Rail, all the way from New Zealand. Uh, he is a man that keeps a very close eye on the form. How are you, Craig? Uh, very well, thanks, Nikita. Good morning to you. Good morning, all. Looking forward to a bumper weekend, as you outlined. Shepherd and Cup and Hamilton Cup uh, looks to be uh, two fantastic races, or if you conclude the uh, trotters in that, falling uh, fantastic races for the, the weekend. And uh, terrific backup program at Shepherd as well. Plenty of quality there, uh, particularly for the three rolls, of course, the uh, Graham Head Memorial. And we've got the Derby Royale trotters free for all uh, with uh, Majestioso making a, a reappearance. So, Looking forward to a bumper night. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. And we might even at towards the back end of the program, I just had a look and noticed that uh, you did the form for Hamilton as well. So you've been very busy this week and we might have even get a couple of best bets uh, from that Hamilton program for you from you at, towards the end of the program as, re- as well, Craig. But we will get started on the Shepparton meeting. We've got nine races to get through. The first kicks off at 6.25 tomorrow night and it is the Hunter Rural Pace and my hometown cup, of course, Shepparton. So I'm really looking forward to, to being back there on track. How did you see race one playing out, Craig? I thought it was one of the more difficult races on the program. There's uh, plenty of winning chances here. Probably thought that Hi, My Name Is Jeff will work to the front, but uh, when he is used up early, he tends to pull a little bit, and so there might, might be a bit of pace on. I ended up with belittled number two each way. I can see that he does place more often than he wins, but I thought it was a top effort last start. We'll take him behind over the odds. Uh, he was well back in the field. He was four wide on the home bend, and he came with that powerful finishing burst and missed out by a narrow margin. Just thought from barrier two, he can just float off the arm, uh, settle midfield in the running line and get that uh, run into the race that he enjoys and, and run home well at the end. He's been runner-up three of his last five starts. So belittled for mine, number two each way in a tricky race to beat 11 Magic Mike, uh, who's racing consistently, had no luck last start. He drew barrier one, but he you know, went very awkward at the start, wanted to hang out and um, ended up four back the markers, so he had no luck whatsoever after that. Uh, previous form, very consistent indeed. A winner three starts ago, and the stable's in form. Now, I do like number 12 as a horse, no more lying. His form reads pretty ordinary on paper. It's uh, 089, uh, but he's been racing in New South Wales. Uh, went up to the uh, carousel at uh, Menangle, was unplaced in two heats of uh, that series, but, of course, against... Uh, a uh, hugely talented opposition, a uh, drop back in class. Uh, he's a uh, local track and uh, he you know, does trial well, very well at, uh, at Shepherd. And I do think he'll be a, a big improver on his numerical form, despite the alley. Uh, number 10, just as well, I put in for fourth, uh, is a front runner and drawn the second line, but dashed home in 55-8 the last half, the win last time out. And 
at Beckus Marsh on Saturday. Uh, won a trial over the uh, open class pace at Cruz, so she's obviously somewhere near the mark. But hi, my name is Jeff Sachan, so is the Rock God, so is Bracken Reed. So if you're playing early quaddies, uh, I'd be looking to play widely. And, you know, if you're having an each way bet, uh, look at something at uh, each way or good odds, good value. Yeah, I probably saw it uh, fairly similarly as well. I've gone 5, 12, 11 and 2 in the first. My name is Jeff, lightly raced horse, but has shown plenty of talent. Went through the Big Bread series and had to do plenty of work in that Silver series and was entitled to get a little bit tired, I think. So just put a line through that run. And I really do think he is up to a race like this. We had David Moran on Burning Questions yesterday and he thinks he can probably find the top. And uh, from there, he said he should be the one to beat and he was his best best chance on the program so he uh he had a fair bit of confidence in the horse and I think he can get the job done as well no more lying I completely agree Craig I've got him in for second his figure form doesn't look great but that was in a, a much stronger New South Wales campaign over the Inter-Dominion series as you mentioned and um he's won five from 16 and placed in a further five races so he looks really well placed in this race despite that tricky draw I think he will benefit from the run he's had a, a little bit of time off after that New South Wales campaign where he just had no luck whatsoever. Um, but I still think he can definitely run a place. And uh, we haven't got all the odds up on with our service providers, but 21 and 440, I think 440 a place is a fantastic price for him. So he's definitely in there with the chance. Magic Mike I have in for third. Didn't have much luck last week in, at Bendigo, as you mentioned, Craig, and has been pretty consistent. And Completely agree with Belittle. Going super. Unlucky two starts ago when driven against his usual pattern. He's a sit sprinter and he almost got the job done last time over a, uh, a nice enough horse. So I think with the right trip, he could be thereabouts. 5, 12, 11 and 2 for me in race number one at Shepparton, which kicks off at 6.25. We'll get through another one before we head to our first break as well, Craig. And uh, it is for the mares and... It's an interesting little one. We've got Better Robin coming down from New South Wales for the um, very strong Belinda McCarthy stables. She's a hovercraft, is now in the care of Sonia Smith. How did you see race two, the central tyre service pace playing out? Yeah, there were the two horses that I uh, put my uh, pin across, uh, Better Robin and she's a hovercraft. I went 10 over 2. Uh, Better Robin went 152.9 at Newcastle about five starts ago. 152.9 at Newcastle is like a, a 152.9 run at Melton. So uh, that's a, a huge run for a, a four-year-old mare's uh, assessment race for you know, virtually metropolitan maidens. Uh, very, very good performance last start when fourth at Group 3 level, racing against the mare. So uh, she does look well-placed, and we know that when the... Linda McCarthy travels with her horses. They invariably do well. I thought it was a drop back in class. Of course, she did race uh, with Craig Demmler before she went up to New South Wales a couple of seasons ago, and she was very consistent. Uh, I do think she's the one to beat. Number ten to number two, she's a hovercraft. Was huge last start. I thought it was a great run. Uh, more you know, a, a genuine sit sprinter. But last start, she uh, was three wide for a long way and sustained that long run and ran second. Uh, got the perfect barrier draw, so she will be in front of Better Robin early. I thought one of the two would win. Uh, the other chance, I thought Celestial Fragrance, who's a fast beginner. If she found the front and got away with a soft run mid-race, uh, she could uh, run a little bit of a race 
Um, yeah, last start was a, a good performance in the Super Series bronze event, and uh, Sport Mental also a bit of a chance there. Uh, Sit Sprinter, uh, trailed the leader and won last time. Uh, should be trailing the leader, Celestial Fragrance, and using the sprint lane again. It's probably a little harder than its latest win, uh, but she is racing well enough. So it went 10 over 2, 5 over 1. Uh, yeah, so not much between the 1 and 5, but uh, better Robin I'm pretty keen on, particularly that 152.9 run that really swayed me there. Nikita? Yeah, look, I've got the same four numbers, slightly different order, two, ten, five, and one for myself, but uh, it really was a flip of the coin between She's a Hovercraft and Better Robin, I thought. Uh, I've gone narrowly with She's a Hovercraft just from the better draw. She's a nice mare who's always shown something, hasn't she, and has had the two runs back from a spell, so I think should be ready to go now. Uh, I agree. I thought she was super last time out when leading up that three-wide line for the last lap and was just run down by Itz Beaujolais, who had the camp on her back. So this looks a suitable race for her uh, with the, the draw advantage over Better Robin, who I've got huge respect for, comes down from New South Wales, has raced in two group threes in her past three starts and was un- a little unlucky last time out. So second row over the mile is never easy, but um, and I suppose she hasn't been dominating the races up there in New South Wales, but... Yeah, she, she definitely is a, a massive winning chance. Celestial Fag- Fragrance in for third. Was first up for a long time going into the Vic Bread Heat and then took out the Bronze Series final pretty impressively. Has raced in some pretty handy races, so it will be interesting to see how she goes here. But I think uh, she'll be thereabouts as well. And Sport Mental is racing in terrific form, winning her past two. Leaves the gate well and uh, did that last time before taking cover and sprint lane and got a little bit keen. Uh, the mile might suit her, and I think she draws well to figure in the finish here at 2.10.5 and 1. We might take our first break, and we'll be back to continue our analysis of the Shepparton program. Shepparton Gold Cup night tomorrow night. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Welcome back to Trot's Life and the Friday Form Panel. Craig Rail joining us to get through the Shepparton program tomorrow night. Craig, we've left out the music quiz, quiz this week. How do you go with music? Have you got a certain genre that's um, that's up your alley? Uh, no, no music for me. I haven't got time <laughs> to be listening to music. Too many races to get through. I like I like artists with very strong voices. So that's, uh, that's about it. But I, I listen to, to anything that uh, anything that's going at the time. But uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah I, I, I'm just sort of uh, a bit focused on my job at the present time. <laughs> Obviously, you're doing a little bit of race calling over there as well. Uh, how's all that going? Have you got, um, for, the, for the listeners at home, have you got a main track that you do? Or tell us a little bit about um, what you're doing over there in New Zealand. Uh, well, it's a, I'm, a, I'm a contract worker, so uh, I just go uh, when to fill in, really, if, if someone's on holidays or if they need somebody to uh, to fill in, I, I just uh, jump in. So I did the West Coast uh, last uh, week, um, you know, sort of the West Coast circuit, but, um, you know, apart from that, I'm not on the roster to call anymore until something happens. So I might not call for another six months, I don't know, um, which makes things hard, um, you know, as, as a caller. Um, you know, your, your mind has to be right. You have to be sharp. And, you know, when you're out of practice and you, you turn up to race meetings where uh, you might not know the greyhounds or you might not know the, the horses as well as, uh, you know, what I do in Victoria because that's my 100% full-time job, um, you know, so you, you you can struggle a bit. And I've found that. I've, I've, been, I've had a bit of a lack of rhythm and... Uh, and I, as you know, Nikita, I'm a professional and I, I like to do everything as best as I can. And you know, sort of, it does make me a bit frustrated sometimes when 
you don't call a meeting for three or four months and then you, you, you try to be good. Yeah, no doubt. It's a, um, it's a job that I think you've got to have a very special skill set to do. And I certainly don't think I could do it. I haven't attempted it and I don't think I will. So, um, yeah, I would imagine that it's very difficult. But uh, we do miss your calls here in Victoria, that is for sure. We'll continue on our analysis of the Shepparton Cup program. And we are up to race number three. We've had the scratching this morning, I believe, of Curly James, who was the second favourite in the market. So that has changed things a little bit. It has reshuffled my numbers, Craig. But how did you see race number three? Well, I thought Rocco Americano was a good thing before Curly James was scratched, uh, so he'll be a, a lot shorter now, but he, he should be winning, I think. Uh, he, he's flying this horse. Uh, absolutely outstanding runs uh, during uh, the, the Super Series, and then uh, one at uh, Cobram did the work, and the run 154-4 uh, was a, a top performance, and he's just so strong. Uh, he, he'll just keep going forward, and uh, I think he'll eventually find the lead. I know Captain Wilson races best in front, but uh, Rocco Americano, uh, for mine, you know, he can just uh, annoy Captain Wilson until you know, bullying his way to the front. And once uh, in front, he looks very, very hard to beat. Uh, he's uh, certainly uh, come a long way in a short period of time, and he looks to be very promising. Five Rocco Americano to beat two Captain Wilson. It was a good run from off the speed last start. He was full back to Marcus, and he was slicing through late behind Yankee Gold. I like his run. He's got the gate speed, and he should be a prominent over, I think, his preferred distance, uh, the sprint trip. Number 10, Arg, caught my eye last start. They worked to the line quickly uh, for fifth. That was the same race in which Captain Wilson ran fourth. Uh, he's had a couple of runs back from a spell now. He's not well drawn, uh, but he should be hitting the line well. I suppose with the scratching of Curly James, instead of following Jet's art, he now follows behind Captain Wilson. So that draw becomes a lot better for Arg. And uh, for fourth, I'll put in number three, Jet's art, who has been racing in pretty good form uh, over the last uh, few weeks. So uh, might be a, a good place chance. But you know, Rocco Americano, for mine, Nikita does look the goods. Yeah, very similar. Once again, Craig, um, I had Rocco Americano on top before that scratching as well, and uh, he remains fairly firmly there. I thought Curly James, the tricky draw, he was always going to struggle to, to beat Rocco Americano. He's only had the 11 starts, but he's shown plenty of ability, as you alluded to. Got a run in the Big Bread final and finished uh, beating finished fifth, beating home some really nice horses there before a, a nice win at Cobram, as you alluded to as well. Looks a really progressive type. We'll push forward here and I think is the one to beat. It was about $1.80 or $2, I think, before that scratching, so no doubt he will be a lot shorter now. Captain Wilson, agree, another progressive type. Has faced some tougher races than this of late and gets a good draw to run a nice race. I've got Argin for 30. He opened $34, which I thought was a big price or a big place price. I think he was around $4 the place. He hasn't had much go right this preparation. Again, it's never easy over the trip with that second row draw, but as you mentioned, draws to the running line now and has been against some strong, stronger competition. And he was in that race. If you, That last start, he was... Um, behind Captain Wilson and they finished pretty much together. There really wasn't much between their runs at all. They were both travelling really well into the home straight and were held up for a run. So I don't think there's that much between them. And when you've got Captain Wilson was about 320 and Arg was $34, I really don't think there's that much between them in terms of ability. It's just that draw advantage. And I've got Brevity in for fourth, who is a nice horse when he is right. He hasn't been far off the mark recently and things went wrong for him last time. So uh, again, he's going to, to need a little bit of luck, obviously drawing inside the second row draw now, but it's not the worst place to be over the short trip at Shepparton. Five, two, ten and nine for me in race number three. 
We will get through another one before we head to the hard out, Craig. Race number four on the program. This is an absolute cracker. The Graham Head Memorial three-year-old pace. And we've had ideal pace come out from the pole. Again, we spoke to David Moran yesterday and he said he just wasn't happy with the horse's trial. Uh, he just wasn't 100%. So he comes out. That means Lock and Jag draws uh, the pole. Torpedo Bart for Emma Stewart looks a, a nice horse. Still learning. National News is there. It's a, a, a race where you've got the up-and-coming horses that are a little bit inexperienced but show ability. And then horses that have um, had a, a longer campaign and have been there and done that a little bit, like Interest Free and the Mark Thompson's runners. So it was really intriguing, this one. How did you see race number four? Yeah, I went for the tried and true. I went for number 10, interest-free, because he's been there, done that, and uh, as you outlined, uh, you know, he's got more experience than the others. Uh, won the youthful stakes. Uh, he won the, the Super Series Silver. He's got very high speed. And uh, a juvenile winning seven races uh, is a, a very good feat. Uh, a lot of juveniles don't even race seven times, let alone winning seven times. Uh, and he's shown to be pretty versatile as well. Uh, so, yeah, he's proven. I've put him on top. Uh, and he won't run a bad race, that's for sure. He'll be hitting the line strongly. Uh, seven national news I've put in for second. Uh, really liked his trials before his debut. And he has impressed me at the races. Now, he did have every chance in the Leeton Breeders Plate. But how often do they go 155-5 around Leeton? Uh, Sugar Apple, the, the, the winner, went absolutely super. Uh, national news ran second, ran a good race. And he did win a heat of that series as well. Uh, he's quite durable. Uh, I'm not too sure where he'll end up in the run, but uh, you know, the versatility uh, gets him there. I do like Mr. Truth as a horse, number eight. Uh, he's awkwardly drawn, but he did plenty of work last outing. And he really fought strongly after being three wide for the last 800 metres. And that was the race won by interest free. Uh, three Torpedo Bart are put in for fourth. Uh, we'll go forward at the start. Uh, first up since May, he won at Kilmore, but it was a lot easier assignment than this one. Uh, but I still have respect for him. Good early speed there for Raw for Roscoe. And Lockenbar Jag is a good horse. Um, not too sure where to put him at the moment because he, he won in a very strong field on debut. Uh, he started one of the favourites in, in a top quality feature event last time. Hasn't been seen since. At the trials, he jogged in last week, went to the line under a throttle hold, uh, didn't beat uh, anywhere near the opposition he's meeting tomorrow night, but he's obviously got the ability. So, um, you know, I've got respect for him, uh, but first up from a spell against the top field, and he'll cop pressure early from horses like Torpedo Barton, Raw for Roscoe. So I went for the tried and true there, Nikita. I went for number 10, interest-free. Yeah, look, I I did do some thinking about this one. I ended up going uh, with the way of Lock and Vajag, 2, 10, 7 and 3. Um, I just think from that uh, draw, yeah, it is a slight concern of mine as well that he will cop a little bit of pressure. But as you mentioned, his shown ability as a, a young horse in the limited starts that he, he has had. So I think there's several main dangers in the race or real dangers in the race, I should say. Interest-free for all the reasons that you mentioned, Craig, has been there, done that, went through the Breeders' Crown and the Vic Bread Series. And we spoke about him yesterday and you've been waiting for him to put in a, a below-par run because he has been up for so long and um, that was potentially when he missed out on the Vic Bread final but then he came out and won the Silvers here he's showing a fantastic turn of foot so he could turn up here and win without surprise because he's a really nice horse. National news I've got in for third as you mentioned that leaders Leeton Breeders Plate Series uh, finished second to a really smart one in the final and looks to have plenty of promise but the draw has hurt him 
And Torpedo Bard is now with Emma Stewart. Got the job done, but was very green on that occasion. But uh, he could be improved for that and run well again. So it's a fantastic race, the three-year-old, the Gramehead Memorial. I've gone with 2.10.7 and 3. That music indicates the hard out is upon us. So we'll take a break, get the news, and we'll be back to continue our analysis of the Shepparton Cup program tomorrow night. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Welcome back to Trot's Life and the Friday Form Panel. Craig Rail joining us as we work through the Shepparton program tomorrow night and, of course, then Hamilton on Sunday as well. We won't go through all those uh, in the hour and a half that we have, but we might get at the end of the show Craig's uh, best bets from the Hamilton program, uh, fantastic Country Cup circuit. Craig, we're up to race number five, and I was actually really surprised here um, in the price discrepancies. We've got Bernie Winkle at $11 and Aphorism. I, um, I'll go to you for that uh, pronunciation, but that's what it will go with for the Frisbee team. Opened a very short price favourite. I really didn't think there was probably much between them. It was a bit of a flip of the coin for mine, and I was quite um, quite surprised that uh, the Frisbee runner has opened $1.60. What did you make of race number five on the program? Well, I actually marked aphorism around $2.50, so $1.60 is a lot shorter than I anticipated as well. Uh, but he is the best horse in the race. There's no doubt about that uh, he is the best horse in the race. Uh, aphorism, he raced in the Dominion Series, uh, was quite competitive. Uh, then uh, raced at Group 3 level last week at Menangle uh, in the uh, PJ Hall. He's a, a tough horse. I just didn't put him on top, and the fact that he's drawn the inside of the second line over the mile. I know Cruz will lead and lead early, uh, but you know Cruz has uh, been a, a bit below his best recently, um, so there's no guarantee that Cruz would get him to the sprint lane aphorism, and I don't think Anthony Frisbee will take the chance. I think he'll ease um, trying to come around the field because that's the way the horse races aphorism. He likes to be more up on pace. Uh, Bernie Winkle was very good last week. Uh, he hit the line strongly, landed some huge wages out wide on the track that uh, always think with the genuine sit sprinters that they, they need that right run into the race. Uh, so um, in thinking all that, I've decided to go for number five each way, and that's Boy from Bondi. Um, he does have gate speed. He's had two runs back from a spell for two-fourths. I did like his run in the, the Cobram Cup behind Boots Electric. He endured a tough run, and he kept on whacking away. Uh, and I do think the distance suits him much better tomorrow night than uh, the long trip of the Cobram Cup. So each way I went for number five, Boy from Bondi, in what I thought was a, a tricky race. Eight aphorism certainly is uh, the one to beat for mine. Uh, just the barrier draw concerned me. Nine, that Bernie Winkle, he'll uh, be charging home at the end, but he, he just needs that right run into the race. He got it last week in the claiming class. This right would be just that touch harder for him. And three, Rishi has been unplaced his couple of runs back from a spell, but we know he's very good when he's right. He should be uh, improving on his fitness, and you know, he'll forget that night he went 150.2 and he just uh, kept on rolling. So he, he certainly does uh, have the, the ability, particularly over the, the short trip. But yeah, aphorisms that the best horse in the race, tough horse, you know, drawn inside of the second line over the, over the sprint distance there, Nikita. So I was looking for value, and you're obviously a Bernie Winkle fan. You're doing the same. <laughs> I am. Look, I have gone with aphorism on top, though, as my top selection. But from a punting perspective, yeah, I'm probably keen to 
to look around and uh, play some others each way or um, or place bets. And I agree with Boy from Bondi as well. So, yeah, I have gone with aphorism. As you mentioned, comes down from New South Wales after racing in pretty good company. Sat parked and finished just behind stylish Memphis and Mac Da Vinci last time out. And, of course, we see Mac Da Vinci go around in the cup and we know what a talented mare stylish Memphis is. So prior to that was fourth in the Shirley Turnbull, Turnbull Memorial and went through that Inter-Dominion series. And despite not making the final, that form line can't be underestimated in a race like this. So, um, yeah, I was in two minds whether they stick to the pegs um, and follow Cruz or come off and get onto the back of Bernie Winkle. I, I think that they'll probably come off the pegs and um, take luck out of the equation with, yeah, Cruz probably just not going as well as he, he could. So I've gone with him um, on top, but he will need a couple of things to go his way over the short trip. Bernie Winkle goes in for second. Really good last week. We know his style of racing is coming with that one run. So, again, he's going to need them to go hard early. If they walk, it's going to be awfully hard from him. But if he's within striking distance, they'll know he's there. Boy from Bondi, as you alluded to, Craig, sat without cover last week in that Cobram Cup and Pryor was unlucky. So I think this looks a really good race for him if he can settle handy enough in the running line. I would imagine that they will push forward from barrier number five. And uh, I think on an each way basis, he's also a good way to go. And Diamonds in Cash on Ability is up to winning a race like this. We've seen him do it plenty of times over over the uh, towards the end of last season. But the draw of a, sh- a short trip makes it really difficult. But with some luck, he can be finishing in first fours as well. Eight, nine, five and seven for mine in race number five, which is the uh, the fast class program, um, the undercard from the Cup, which is race number seven on the program. We might get through another one before we uh, head to a break, which is race number six. And it's the Alabar Pace for 75 to 84 rated, rated horses. And we see a few horses here that are jumping up in grade. Um, and this was my best bet on the program that comes up in race number six. How did you say it, Craig? Oh, what's your best bet to start with, Nikita? <laughs> my, my best is uh, Rick Riley, and I'll, I'll uh, yeah, I'll let you go, and then I'll tell you all the reasons why I like Rick Riley. <laughs> well, I'm glad I tipped it. Number nine, <laughs> Rick Riley on top. Uh, he, he's been going great guns in the Country Cup. So last start, of course, he was unplaced in the Bendigo Cup, but that was a very hot field. This is a huge drop back in class. Uh, he motored home in the Cranman Cup. He was midfield on the inside, got clear late and dashed through. Uh, so with a drop back in class and the way he's been going at Country Cups level, you'd have to say that he's very, very hard to beat. Gets him with well with a concession claim, uh, being a 87-rated uh, horse in a 75-84-rated to 84 rated event. So number nine, Rick Riley, I'm very keen as well. From Six Sand Day, of course, uh, went uh, very well last time out to win uh, the Super Series Silver event. Uh, was three back the inside, sprinted quickly via the sprint lane. One Valachi, uh, he, he uh, went well last week, but not as well as I expected. I thought he might give Rocking with Sierra a run. I, I did think that Rocking Sierra would win, but from behind the leader, I thought Valachi might like get a metre and a half, two metres behind, but in the end, Rocking with Sierra uh, drew away from him. Uh, he's drawn to get the right run again behind the leader and used the sprint lane. That's the way he races best. And number two, uh, Jemson's Pet is a, a fast beginner, and uh, if it does find the lead, which I think it will, uh, might give a bit of cheek in front. Ran fourth last time out, uh, but didn't get the lead and had to do the work and uh, battled on over the latter stages. You know, Jemson's Pet is a, a natural front runner, gets a good draw with a concession claim. So Rick Riley, certainly the one for me, Nikita, and the one for you. I went nine, six, one, and two. 
nine, six, one and two for Craig Rail. I've gone nine, two, six and one. Yeah, Rick Riley was was unlucky in the Bendigo Cup, which is a super strong field and a touch unlucky even in the Sokiola Sprint prior at Ballarat and then excellent in the Cranbourne Cup. Was a long way back along the pegs, held up and then flashed home into third. So this race looks a massive dropping grade, gets him well with the concession claim for Geordie Leadham, who's driving well and I think he'll be awfully hard to beat. Can make a move and um, and do it tough and, yeah, he's he's the one to beat for mine. Jemson's pet is a horse that I've always had plenty of time for. It hasn't had the best preparation. I don't think we've seen the best of him. Was stood down a vet certificate last start on the 16th of December. No trial leading into this. However, I am trusting that... Craig Turnbull is happy enough with him at home to send him around here. And I think his best is very, very good. Agree. I think he'll be able to get across Valachi. He'll be holding a lead and he'll be in front for a long way. So um, to me, he probably looked the major danger if Rick Riley has to do an awful lot of work. But I just think that Rick Riley's versatile enough to, to overcome that. Zende has been a, a touch hit and miss, um, but was a good winner when sprint laning to take out that silver Vic Bread series. Has got good gate speed, but I don't think we'll uh, be able to, to find the top. And that probably makes things a little bit more difficult. And Valachi, I completely agree. I actually was with Valachi in that uh, that race last time out because I just thought he was going to get the perfect draw and um, on leaders back and maybe able to to get past Rocking with Sierra, but couldn't on that occasion. Was was okay. Ran a consistent race as he always seems to do, but uh, I thought he might have been able to bridge that gap a little bit more. Um, but from that draw, I, I think you couldn't leave him out of running into the first fours. But that. Back end, I think he's quite uh, quite open, fairly wide. You could make cases for why Mongiana could run into first fours. Castle Retreat, I, I thought, was a good run last time out. And Glen Averill King as well. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one, I think. But uh, my my best bet on the program is Rick Riley. And I was actually quite surprised that he opened $2.80. I, I thought he might have been closer to sort of $1.80, $1.90. So $2.80 looked at a really good price with a significant class drop for Rick Riley. It could be a, a big night for the Julie Douglas team. I think they've got plenty of super chances. We might head to uh, to a break and then we'll be back to uh, talk about the big one, race number seven, the Neatline Homes Shepparton Gold Cup. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel. Race two at Heelsville is about to jump, so we'll head there now. No, we haven't got that. <laughs> and I'm not even going to attempt to call it Craig because I've just mentioned how uh, how difficult it is to call races. So uh, we will bring you the results. <laughs> but uh, race... It, it... If I knew, I could actually see the race at the present time. I, I, if I knew what dogs were in it, I would tear up <laughs> number five. It's uh, in third position at the moment. Now, if uh, Trackside just gives me any more names of the dogs, I could help you. But the five's going up all right, tear up. It's all, I think, it's just about one. Yep, I'll go five as well. Five. five, I think, just ahead of number one. We'll go, yeah, we'll call it. And uh, uh, it, not, not tear up the track. It might be tear up. Yeah, it happens. It might be... You might be tearing up rather than tearing up. <laughs> Either way, you're not five, tearing up five. your tickets anyway. If you back no. it each way, <laughs> number five is um, is a winner. Just speaking of race calls, Craig, is there a couple that um, you've obviously been doing it for a long, long time? Is, is there a couple of race calls over the journey that really stand out for for whatever reason? If you were to to think of some of your your most memorable calls or highlights of your career, what uh, what springs to mind? 
It's actually a low light. <laughs> I think I, I'm gonna, I think I could guess what you're going to say, but tell us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The infamous intermediate heat with Ballarat. Yeah, yeah. I can do it, and I didn't do it. Yeah, that uh, that that will always remain in my memory. <laughs> but in your defence, like <laughs> it's very it's very difficult. So for those that uh, may not have heard it, there was I, I didn't do it, and I can do it. And in the end, when I got completely tongue-tied, uh, and I think I end up with, uh, uh, I didn't do it, or I, uh, I, I, I yeah. whatever I said, it, they ended up dead heating. So <laughs> it was very was difficult. right on each occasion. <laughs> very, very difficult. But I, I didn't mean to, to bring up, uh, as, you meant, as you said, a, a low light. I, I thought it was, um, yeah, you... Very, very difficult. Uh, but anything, um, I sp- suppose, positive or memorable that you can uh, that you can think of in a in a more positive way. <laughs> oh, I always loved the Mildura Cup Carnival. Everyone knows that. Uh, you know, when I went up to Mildura, I loved the place and I loved the people and you know, I loved the racing up there. And yeah, Mildura Cup Carnivals were always terrific. Uh, thought the you know, Bold Cruiser when uh, he uh, took out the Country Cups Carnival with Mildura that year being the last of the Country Cups and he had to win and he did uh, become the Country Cups King. Uh, I really enjoyed that call. Uh, I didn't think I called a great race when Sokiola won his third Mildura Cup, but um, the, the atmosphere, uh, it, it was just electric. It was standing room only. It's the biggest crowd I've ever seen at uh, Mildura. And, you know, and, you know even you know, in the, the days leading up to that race, you know, you'd jump into a taxi and the taxi driver would say, oh, what about Sokiola on Saturday night? You know, uh, and it was just a, a great uh, uh, time to be at Mildura, and it was my first ever Mildura Cup Carnival. So I, I really enjoyed that. Um, and you know, Sokiola did, did did the job for us, and you know, the, the crowd went ballistic when he hit the lead on the home bend. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I, I had a, a lot of great moments, but you know, a, a, as a broadcaster, if you know, you don't like to toot your own horn, or sort of just uh, you, you go on and. You might think, oh, I, I call a good race there, but uh, I, I more, I, I more tend to think about the the, the the times I made errors rather than the the highlights. Why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did I sort of, uh, you know, I, I wish I did Kara uh, Manning's world record-breaking drive a lot better than I did. Uh, of course, when Shane Cramp trained the card, uh, I couldn't remember the name. Like, uh, Reese Moore pulled down his visor, and I went to say that, and the visor just slipped straight out of my head. I just, and then I, uh, I was just like a bumbling idiot at the end, <laughs> thinking, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, so, yeah, I, I tend to remember those moments rather than, you know, you know some of the great highlights. Um, but, you know, I called Lombo Pocket Watch at um, Mooney Valley. Thought that was a tremendous thrill at the time. He was just, um, you know, the the the, the Ian horse, um, and I, I called a, a lot of terrific races. That um, you know, hopefully I did them justice because um, outstanding horses and you know, outstanding racing at the time. But yeah, you know, I really enjoyed, enjoyed my time in Victoria, and I, I, I'd love to be coming back to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, sort of, uh, I made my decision, and you know, I'm here with my son, and that's uh, you know, that's what uh, it's about family and you know, family is more important than anything that's you know why why i had to leave but um you know sort of um in the, in the end i'm close to being on that that's that, that's great but i really enjoyed my time in victoria and you know i, I quite frequently think about uh, how how good it was and you know how good it would be to 
be, be doing what I used to do. Yeah, there's um, there's definitely something about it. You spoke about Mildura and uh, obviously you were uh, a caller up there for a long time and I'm the same. I love that Mildura Carnival and being uh, there's something about being so close to the action and being right there on the track and the, the small track as well and it's just exciting racing. It's uh, fantastic and for those people that, um, that maybe haven't headed up to a Mildura Carnival, uh, I would advise to do it because it's a great week. Uh, we had a function last year as well. And uh, I just think it's, yeah, it's a really good week and you can head up there and, and stay for the week to camp or, or stay somewhere. There's plenty of things to do up at Mildura. It's a lovely place and well worth the trip. And um, it's funny, the first thing when, when you mentioned the taxi driver knowing uh, that the Mildura Carnival was on, my first thought was I was lucky enough to head over a few years ago now to my first New Zealand Cup and I was blown away. I was on a tram tour and they were saying the New Zealand Cup and it was like the Melbourne Cup over there, wasn't it? And that's another one that I'd always wanted to get to a New Zealand Cup and it really delivered because the atmosphere of the place and I know they've had it, uh, it hasn't been the same for the last couple of years, but hopefully we can get back to it and I'm really keen to, to get over there again because that uh, that is a, a race day is, is one of the highlights that I've been to the New Zealand Cup and just how big it is over there in New Zealand. Yes, uh, you, you tend to think uh, here on the South Island uh, is more harness racing dominated, where the, you know the Gallops is more North Island dominated, and uh, you know that that uh, Cup week is uh, just a, a phenomenal week. Um, and interestingly enough, I've never actually been to a New Zealand Cup. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I've only watched I've only watched from afar. Wow. Uh, even uh, living over here in New Zealand now, I haven't been able to get up for the the, the New Zealand Cup. But it's, uh, it's something that I'll, I'll have to uh, certainly. Uh, uh, partake in uh, in years uh, forthcoming, and yeah, hopefully, you know, outside of COVID time, we get back to those crowds of twenty thousand plus people, and you know, and the electric atmosphere that it generates. Yeah, absolutely. Now, usually we have uh, at this time we have Mitch Sidebottom on. He's uh, not uh, not available. He's in in uh, mid air at the moment. Actually, he's on a flight, so we can't get Moo's best bets of the night. But um, I've gone the next best option, which is Tim O'Connor, who's a part of the Transvision coverage tonight there at Melton. So I've asked Tok for his best bets, and um, he sent through a couple that he's quite keen on. He's still working his way through the program, but um, what he does like race number one, uh, number eight up the ante. He was quite keen on John Newbury trains and drives, so. Uh, he likes that horse. Race five, number four, Major Liner. Uh, he's also quite keen on as well. It's um, currently 5.50, so he's liking a few at uh, not bad odds. And then he's really keen in the Mercury 80 heat, which is obviously over the 1,200 metres, a shorter distance. Jillaby Bandit, uh, $3.50 currently. He's quite keen on that horse. And we saw it last week, Craig, as well with the um, the Mercury 80 heats. You would think it's predominantly could be a, a race where you know, the horses that are drawn well would um, would benefit. But uh, thanks to a, a super Greg Sugar's drive, uh, La Putty was able to um, to work his way forward and, and get the job done. So uh, they're the three horses that uh, Tim O'Connor is quite keen on tonight. But you can catch all the uh, all the action on Trot's Vision as well. He'll be joined by Kate Hargrave. So um, that'll be a, a fantastic program. We're up to the big one now, the race number seven, the Nick Line Holmes Shepparton Gold Cup at Group 2 level, Craig. And look, I think the speed map here, I'm really interested to get your thoughts on how you think this race is going to, to pan out because I think there's going to be a lot of horses that want to press forward and keep in front of the champ, Lock and Barad, who we see first up for nearly 12 months. So uh, how did you uh, you see this race playing out? 
Well, I thought Kate Gass would want to hold out Mark Da Vinci, um, probably keep the lead until Spirit of St. Louis gets there, take a trail behind Spirit of St. Louis. Spirit of St. Louis will have to do some work early. Uh, then Tango Tara gets in the right spot behind the leader. Uh, Mark Da Vinci will you know, try and have a crack early, but you know, I, I think that Tango Tara would much prefer to be trailing behind uh, Spirit of St. Louis. Uh, I, I don't think Lock and Bar Arts will be lit up early. Uh, first up from a break, uh, I think David Moran will just uh, bide his time, wait for the dust to settle, probably wait for Spirit of St. Louis to get to the lead, then amble around into the breeze. Uh, that's sort of the way I, I, I looked at it. Uh, and, and I think you know, Lock and Bar Arts, at his best, uh, for mine, is the best horse in Australasia. I, I, I think he's right up there. Um, and... The way he's been trialling, I know he was beaten by Tango Tara, but both horses went to the line locked together and both horses were hard held. Uh, it was just like track work. And then when he won over Max Delight at Shepparton at the trials last week, he found the front. Max Delight got within a neck, but you know, David Morant never moved. He just sat, sat there and just uh, let uh, Lock and Barats do what he does. Of course, he's the first horse ever to break 150 on a 1,000-metre track in Australasia. Uh, he's so strong. His last win was in the, the Hunter Cup. Uh, he's the defending Shepherd and Cup champion. So uh, he, uh, you've got to tip him. I, I, I just think that um, you know, he's clearly you know, superior to his rivals. It's just you know, fitness will tell the tale first up over 2690 metres. So I went seven at Lockenbar Art on top. Uh, I did go Tango Tara in for second. Uh, did like his run last week. Very honest horse. Uh, and he's durable. He can do a bit of work early. And, uh, and if he does uh, you know, work Spirit of St. Louis enough, I think he can use the sprint lane and, and poke through and, and, and beat Spirit of St. Louis on the line. Spirit of St. Louis uh, you know, went well in the Inter Dominion. Uh, I went probably better than I anticipated. Uh, I actually uh, saw him here. Uh, down on the south, uh, in the deep south at the beginning of his, of his career, and he looked a nice horse, and uh, he's certainly gone a, a long way in a short period of time. He won the Bendigo Cup. But Bendigo Cup was a bit different. Uh, he, he found the lead. They they walked really mid-race, 54-5 last half, so uh, he was always you know going to be very hard to beat the way the race was run. My idea of him in New Zealand was the fact that he was more a short-distance horse than a long-distance horse, so a strong 2,600 metres may see him out. And a number eight, Torrid Sainer, put him for fourth at a bit of value. He had to work a little bit to hold a forward spot early, then took a trail last week. I much prefer him when he flops out of the gate and has one last crack at them. So he's one for trifectas and first four takers. But Nikita, he's the best horse around for mine, Lock and Varats, and I've got to put him on top. Yeah, he is. There's no doubt about that, uh, Craig. We might, um, we might head to the news. It's time for the news. We'll head to the news now and then I'll come back and give my thoughts on the Neatline Homes Shepherd and Gold Cup where we see the return of Lock and Barat. The Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel and we've got a couple of texts in from the Big Fella family. Thanks, Nikita and SEN Track for my birthday shout-out. That was lovely, Mrs Big Fella. We do hope you have a wonderful day and also Big Fella sends, uh, sends through a message uh, I hope Mr. Bonington is feeling better soon. Have a great day and uh, we'll be podcasting to get the best bets later on. Uh, that uh, Hopefully we can find you some winners, big fella. My thoughts on the Neat Line Homes, Shepherd and Gold Cup. Yeah, As I mentioned, the map is going to be interesting here. I think they're all going to want to press forward in front of Artie. Again, I agree. I don't think David Moran will be pushing the button early. He'll just let Lockenbarat come out and see what happens and hope there's plenty of speed on early. Um, Tango Tara, we spoke to 
Andy Gath yesterday, and he said that uh, they're really keen to try and hold the top. He thinks Mac Da Vinci is potentially the only horse that can get across. So we did see Mac Da Vinci at Menangle last time, uh, show really good gate speed. He probably didn't uh, show that electric speed straight out of the gate. He took probably 50 to muster, but then he really sort of hit top speed and um, and found the top there. But Menangle gate speed is quite different here, especially when you're drawn uh, right next to the horse. The, the mobile does go a lot quicker at Menangle. So um, uh, that could have sort of flattered his gate speed a little bit, Mac Da Vinci, but uh, he does look the major danger to get a, across Tango Tara, but they are quite keen, if possible, to hold up and, and try and lead all the way on Tango Tara. So I think that probably happens. Um, but yeah, there, there are plenty of major dangers and we also spoke to David Moran. There will be a, an interview going up today that, um, Tim O'Connor and myself headed down to Shepparton and, and spoke to Dave Moran and, uh, that'll be a great chat. We speak about, um, they spoke about Lock and Barat's, uh, injury issues and, uh, concerns around the Hunter Cup last time. And it's quite, um, amazing actually to hear the, the lead up that he had to that Hunter Cup win when he was able to go out and did what he did. It was Far from ideal. Um, I, I won't uh, spoil anything, Craig, but um, quite unbelievable that that week prior in the issues that Artie had and to, to come out and, and win a Hunter Cup, um, yeah, it just shows what, what a champion horse he is. So, look, I, I'm sticking with him. I just think you can't tip against him. I know he's got a few things against him. First up for such a long time, hopefully some big races ahead. I don't think that um, that... David Moran is going to want him to have a, a huge gut buster when he's got an, another race and then into the Hunter Cup. So, um, you know, it's not going to be the be all or end all, but at the same time, he's such a competitive person, Dave, David Moran, and it is his hometown cup. So he's going to want to win if possible. So Lock and Barad on top for me, ahead of Tango Tara, who's been racing really well, was able to make up that, um, make up ground in a quick last quarter in the Bendigo Cup off the back of a sock soft trip. So he goes in next ahead of Spirit of St. Louis, who I thought was really good in the Bendigo Cup. As you mentioned, Craig was able to, to find the top, get a nice time of it, but uh, won well. And he w did win in Inter-Dominion Heat three starts ago. And Mac Da Vinci was another who went through the Inter-Dominion series, was just ran down by Stylish Memphis last time out, which is no knock. We know what a, a good mare she is. And I think his best chance is probably getting across to the pegs. However, it's not the be-all or end-all. So he goes in next. But I agree with Torrid Saint. I think he's best driven if he does nothing early. And I thought with the Bendigo Cup, he was probably entitled to finish a little bit closer than what he did. But he has had a habit of doing that. You maybe think he's only gone okay or slightly below. And then he comes out and runs a terrific race. So if Tango Tara does lead, Torrid Saint's going to get the perfect trip. And we know uh, he's quite quick. So I wouldn't completely rule him out if he can just uh, do nothing early, flop out of the gate. And um, I think that'll be the trip that he absolutely loves. But I'm sticking with the champ, Lock and Barad. And hopefully we can have plenty of people uh, at the Shepparton and Track just to, uh, to witness him. I still recall last year when he got the job done, people just stood there and clapped him. And it was uh, a scene that gave you goosebumps, just people appreciating a really good horse. So great to see Artie back. Seven, one, five, and two for me in race number seven, Craig. Race number eight is the Derby Royale Trotters Free-for-All at Group 3 level. And uh, on paper, it does look a bit of a match race, but potentially it could be a little bit wider. Uh, Majestuoso and Powder Keg, how did you read race number eight? Yeah, I, I did think it was a race in two. I, I went to Majestuoso over Powder Keg. 
Uh, Powder Keg hasn't been driven for early speed for a long time. Uh, when he was a younger horse, he can he could run out of a gate and lead, but I, I just think he's had a lot of gate issues, and, and Lisa Miles is quite happy to just let him uh, you know balance up out of the, of the machine and and then go forward. And that's why I put Majestuoso on top because Powder Keg's not guaranteed of just flying straight to the front. Uh, and Majestuoso is, uh, you know, proven at the elite uh, Group 1 level against all comers, where Powder Keg's proven at Group 1 level against his own age group. And, uh, and that's the difference, I think, um, you know, when you're talking about sort of Grand Circuit horses and horses rising up uh, into that Grand Circuit grade. With that seasoning, I do think Majestuoso is probably just that touch better horse at the moment. Uh, he did trial uh, and trial well last uh, Monday night. Uh, he was three back the markers, uh, used the sprint lane and flew through uh, when he was taking on the paces. Simon was the winner of that trial there at Bendigo. Uh, so he's uh, on top of his game, Majestuoso, uh, and he's versatile. And I do think that the Kate Gas will get away from the markers uh, very, very quickly. So number eight, Majestuoso, the beat number four, Powder Keg. He was strong. He was well beaten in the, the uh, Super Series. By rules don't apply, but he was doing plenty of chasing. Uh, but uh, we know he's uh, such a tough campaigner. Uh, in for third, I, I put in at number five, which is O Fortuna, who uh, did very well during the Super Series. Of course, uh, defeated Pink Galaz in her heat of that series. Uh, showed good gate speed there as well. But like Powder Keg, uh, you know, she's rising up against the all-comers. And uh, I put number seven in for fourth, Sundon's Courage. Struck trouble last time, but we know he's very good. Uh, he's got high speed. A small field suits him. And uh, he did uh, win over Wobbly in the Breeders' Crown graduate recently. So that's a bit of a form line there. Thought Jackson Square's half a chance of leading. He's got very good gate speed. And he might be able to get across in the early stages. But uh, I went eight, four, five, and seven. Nikita, I'm a fan of Majestuoso, always have been. And I always think that um, you know the open class brigade, horses that are proven at that level, do have a little bit of advantage of horses that uh, haven't quite got up to that level yet or you know have been good throughout their age groups and are stepping up to the open grade. Yeah, I agree with you, Craig. I'm with um, the same four numbers, uh, very slightly different order at the back end, eight, four, seven and five for me. With Majestuoso, we haven't seen him for a little while. Has that tricky draw to overcome, but smaller field, I think he's the best horse in the race and still should be able to overcome that. Um, yeah, I think if the probably the tempo will be slackened enough that Kate will be off and uh, on her bike and making a move around. If they do go hard, it's going to suit him. So I think either way, um, yeah, either way it works out okay for Majestuoso. And um, despite those small couple of question marks, I think he deserves to be favoured. And uh, I think there were a few that were quite surprised that um, Majestuoso opened $2.80 as second favourite. He's uh, That's gone. He's now into $1.95 with one service provider and powder kegs, uh, Drifted ever so slightly with that move, $2.10 for Powder Keg. He does look the major danger, has been racing in really good form, was great behind rules don't apply last time out. Uh, there is some speed off the front row, so I don't think he will be the first out. I think Lisa Miles has done a terrific job just trying to get this horse to settle and learn to be a racehorse and relax in the run. And um, and she's, yeah, she's being rewarded now with him putting together some really consistent racing. He's obviously a, a tricky horse uh, with loads of ability and... Uh, early on in the preparation, she made the conservative effort to go back and try and get him to settle. And you can look at his form lines now. And as I mentioned, she's really being rewarded for her patience with this horse because um, he has been racing like a, a proper racehorse. So 
he does look the major danger. Sundon's Courage, I have in for third. Made a mistake last time out, but prior his form was good enough to suggest he's going to be right in this. Has raced at a good level for so long, so he hasn't been going badly at all. I think he did take a while early in this preparation to, to find his form, but now I think he has, and uh, it wouldn't surprise if... He ran well at um, at good each way odds and does have that good gate speed as well. But with the speed inside, yeah, I don't know if he can, can get across. But it wouldn't be surprised if uh, they push forward with him in this field. And O'Fortuna goes in for fourth. Got back in the four-year-old mare's Vic Bread final and couldn't really make ground. But her heat win, as you mentioned, Craig, against Pink Alars was good. She really dug deep. I think, I'm sure Pink Alars got her a little head in front and O'Fortuna fought back. So looks like a horse that tries really hard and uh, won't be too far away. But Jackson Square, um, he's one that he's been out of the winner's list for a, a long, long time. As you mentioned, has that good gate speed, $29.350. I wouldn't be surprised if he is the one who is in front and he'll give you a real run for your money. Um, was last time in the uh, last time out it was in the Cobram Cup and uh, Jackson Square. Yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised at all at uh, big odds if he can run a bit of a race as well. Eight, four, seven, and five for mine in race number eight. We'll head to our final break and uh, be back to wrap up one race to go, and then we'll take a quick look at the Hamilton program on Sunday. On Trot's Life, it's time for the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Nikita Ross. Welcome back to the Friday form panel. One race to get through and Big Fellas just sent through a message and it's a great point. Um, next week, obviously, we'll be talking about the Ballarat Cup in a lot more depth, but they do have a, a punters club that is running $55 to get involved. We'll have Tim Kennedy on next week, I believe. Wombat might be speaking to him on Wednesday to get all the details, but it was a fantastic show last time out and people can uh, can do it online as well. They can sit home and still be a part of the punters club and get the updates throughout the night. So, so you can head to uh, to the page on Twitter, which is, um, I think it's Ballarat Plunge Punters Club, and um, and check that out. Although there will also be details on the Ballarat uh, Trotting Club's website, but that's going to be a huge event, of course, for Ballarat Cup. But that is next week. We still have the Shepparton Cup to get through, Craig, first. And race number nine is a fairly open race, I thought, to end the program. How did you see race number nine? Well, I liked two and nine, uh, Scallywag Sam, who ran third in the Cobram Cup, and nine, my used-to-be, who I've got a great amount of respect for. I think he's a very good horse, uh, but he's got a few gait issues, and a bit like uh, being in the the Derby Royale, uh, Scallywag Sam's proven virtually at metropolitan level where my used-to-be is an aged horse that is winning through the grade. So I went to Scallywag Sam on top. A uh, very good effort in the Cobram Cup. He's only had a couple of runs back from a spell and he's got the early speed to be prominent. My used-to-be uh, galloped at the start, uh, made a stack of ground, went sixth in the Super Series final. It was a huge run. Uh, ran second in the heat of that series prior uh, and uh, he was placed in the... Need for Speed Prince Series uh, early last season. Uh, so he, he is a Group 1 place getter. Uh, he's got a very good record in South Australia. So don't underestimate him. I, I do think he'll go well, particularly if he trots all of the way. Koo uh, Cullen, the former New Zealander, I've put in for third. He's done very well since uh, crossing the Tasman. He was unplaced last start, but he didn't have a great deal of luck. It was a nice second prior to that. Uh, and uh, overall, he, he's shown a bit of versatility. He can go forward, and I do think he will go forward tomorrow night. And Lucinda Mack uh, was beaten in a, a, a heat of the Mayor's Sprint Championship last week, but last Serena 
Uh, we're in home a last half of 56.9, so it made it virtually impossible for Lucinda Mack to win, but she did a good job to finish as close as she did to run second. And, of course, uh, La Serena came out and won again since, so the form line's strong. But I went two, two over nine, three and eight in the, the last event, but uh, keep an eye on my used-to-be. I think he's a horse that's on the way up. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and I think he's in with a chance, and I was really surprised at uh, the odds that he opened as well, Craig, uh, $21.380 you can get for my used to be. So I could definitely entertain uh, having something on at that price. But on with Scallywag Sam. Looped, $21 is uh, ridiculous. $21 and three eighty. dollars ridiculous. Yep. <laughs> so uh, that's the way I'd be probably looking because, um, yeah, big, big odds and a horse that um, does have ability. Look, I am with Scallywag Sam though as well. Loomed up like he was going to win the Cobram Cup for a minute before his run just ended, but I still thought it was a good effort. Um, Leaves the gate well, looks likely to get to the pegs first and uh, Andy Gath did have him as his best bet on burning questions yesterday. So uh, the camp are quite confident that he will run a good race, Scallywag Sam. So he's on top ahead of Kuka Lane, who was fairly well beaten last time out, but I didn't mind his run. Had to do a bit of work, leaves the gate well, and Chris will be looking for a forward position, I think. I've got my used to be in for third. Has put together a nice record of nine from 19 after dominating well over in Western Australia. Uh, it was good in his big bread heap chasing home Parisian artiste who subsequently come out and was dominant in the final. So I think um, his best has him right in this. And as I mentioned, uh, those odds I thought were uh, well and truly over, overs for him. And Chizzy is racing well, leaves the gate well again. Lee Sutton jumps on board. Sometimes a, a new driver change can just spark up a horse a little bit. So I think uh, Chizzy could run well. So that's how I've seen the final race, two, three, nine and four. Uh, your best bets on the program, Craig? Well, I, I really liked Rocco Americano, race three, number five. But with the scratching now, he'll be a lot shorter than I anticipated. But uh, he was my best bet, race three, number five. Like you, I'm very keen on uh, Rick Riley, race six, number nine. Uh, he does look very hard to beat. My best value was uh, race one, number two, belittled at each way odds. I just thought that we'd get the, the right run and uh, we'll run a, a, an honest little race. But now you tell me my used to be is at $21. That'd be the best roughie of the night. I've actually quoted him at three dollars, Nikita. That, wow. that, that's a huge <laughs> difference. I'm not, I'm not usually that far out, yeah. uh, but uh, he is a good horse. Uh, so you know he's worth a bit of money, you know, gold coin each way. Uh, Twenty one dollars, that's for sure. Yeah, well, you don't win nine from nineteen without uh, having some sort of ability. No doubt, it's been an easier grade. But I really like that um, that form behind behind Parisian Artiste because uh, what he's you know, since come out and done, um, yeah, I think it's uh, that's a pretty good form well, line. Well, Prisian so. Artiste would be favourite in that oh, race. he'd be, a, yeah, a dollar four in this. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, that is the uh, the value of the program. But my best race number six, Rick Riley, I think uh, $2.80 looks at a good price for him. He's versatile and I think he can, uh, can get the job done. I don't mind uh, on an each-way value perspective at race five, Bernie Winkle. He will need a few things to go right, some speed on, but uh, I don't think he'll be far away. And even just the, more the place on Bernie Winkle there. And uh, the same with race one, no more lying. I thought he was well and truly uh, over the odds at 21 and uh, 480, I think he was. Does have the difficult draw to overcome, but um, I think, again, his form lines are much stronger than what he meets here and didn't have much luck in that Menangle campaign. So uh, I think he can uh, can run a place, but should also be better for the run. Craig, we might uh, quickly, we have a couple of minutes to go, so we might get your thoughts on um, on a couple of the races there at Hamilton, starting off with the Alexandra Holmes uh, 
Hamilton Trotters Cup at Group 3 level. And um, who did you put on top here? We've obviously got the two Maddie Craven runners um, that probably will, will start brave. You would think Queen of Crime and uh, also a lot of muscle. Yes, and I went seven over three. I went uh, Queen of Crime to beat Lot of Muscle, even though Lot of Muscle has the uh, uh, draw advantage. Queen of Crime's got the, the handicap. Uh, she's a strong horse, Queen of Crime. She's been in outstanding form. Uh, and, of course, uh, she was able to run down Illawong Stardust in the uh, Super Series final. Illawong Stardust come out and won the Cobram Cup. Uh, the form line is fantastic for Queen of Crime, and uh, I'm confident that she will see the, the trip right out. Uh, a lot of muscle, of course, uh, raced in the, at the end of Dominion, uh, made it through to the final round 11th, uh, so he's been racing at a high level. Uh, he can be a little bit scratchy in his gait on occasions, uh, but he did step away well the last time he uh, went away from the standing start. I, I thought one of the two would win. Uh, well, the fine certainly ran a, a top race in the Cobram Cup, but he's coming off 40 metres behind this week, and he was a lot further forward in the handicaps for the Cobram Cup. Uh, and um, Honest Horse, Norkey, might be a place chance. Sonny Brook might run a place at uh, longer odds. And the fact that uh, he's a very good beginner, and I expect him to be in front early, and he led and won the, the Stall Cup. But uh, I think Seven Queen of Crime over three, a lot of muscle, but uh, not a great deal between them. Yeah, I would uh, would definitely be looking one of the two ways as well. Uh, Queen of Crime, as you mentioned, those form lines are, are really good and uh, a lot of muscle. He was a bit of a revelation really throughout the Inter-Dominion series, uh, really stood up there and to be $11 in the final um, obviously didn't have didn't have much luck, but uh, he's got to be right up to winning a race like this. The Matthews Petroleum Hamilton Pacing Cup is race number eight at Group 3 level, $35,000 and um, there's, it's a race that is dominated by the, uh, the Cravens and the Lees having plenty of runners in the field. Who have you gone with on top in the Hamilton Cup? Well, I went Kimball. I, I just don't know where, how the race is going to be run because Kimball's so fast out. He's got level advice like speed out of the gate. So you'd think even though Batman Barry's a leader and there's a fast beginner, that Kimball will zap him at the start because Kimball's so fast. And then I looked at the race and thought, who's Kimball going to take a trail behind? Because you know we, we know Kimball is a very good sit sprinter, leads out and takes a cover. There's no genuine leader on the front line apart from Batman Barry. Unless Kimball gets across him so fast and Batman Barry's clear of the others and then zips around and finds the lead again, I'm not too sure. I would prefer Kimball behind the leader, but the way the race would be run and no, no horse to take a trail behind, he might have to try and lead. I went two Kimball on top. Nine rack up Tiger Pie is very good. Uh, Jillaby Sylvester's very awkwardly positioned inside the second line, but he's got the form on the board and one Batman Barry. But I went two Kimball, but working out the speed maps has been the, the difficult part of the Hamilton Pacing Cup, I think, Nikita. That wraps us up. Thank you so much, Craig. Really appreciate your time this morning. Hopefully we've found you a few winners. That was the Friday Form Panel. And stay tuned now for Trackside.